Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. The first question that you absolutely should be asking yourself, and I think that you should be asking yourself this multiple times a year to make sure that you're on track, is who are you selling to? Try and look at what are the commonalities between those clients? What is it about the clients that we're not getting great results for? And who are the clients we're getting really, really good results for? My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income, and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, joined by my partner in crime here, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I am excellent. I'm just wondering what today's crime might be. Well, I was just going to say, like, not not a, um, as I said it, <laughs> I was like, not in actual crime, but my sister and I always used to have a joke that w- we were each other's partner in crime. And my kids knew that's when the aunties were going to get together and go a bit silly and probably have a few wines. <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, it's one of those drinking games. What would you be, you know, what would you be arrested for if you were going to be arrested? <laughs> Which we're not going to be arrested. Inciting, we're just here. It, we're just here to have fun and talk about leads today. We're going to talk about, you know, how to get more leads. Maybe if you want more leads, that's the question. Well, yeah, it is. We we were t- talking off here uh, that uh, I have connected with a bunch of people lately who are like, oh, I don't need more leads. I've got plenty. I'm going. Do you just mean you don't want me to try and pitch you? <laughs> yeah, which is which is more likely what the conversation is. Yeah, like, um, yeah. But I would say that, that most business owners that I speak to do want more leads. And the reason that we're chatting about this today is that you and I have both had conversations with separate people during the week that we've had this conversation with and that that person really hasn't had a strategy. They don't know why they're doing the things that they do, which makes it very difficult to start to put a system in place. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you often, we often go into these conversations thinking that uh, you know this is a fundamental um, that you should have sorted out. Right? Who do I want to sell to? Where are they? You know, the customer avatar, right? Your mm-hmm. your ideal client profile, as sometimes it's called. Um, and you need to answer this question, I think, first and foremost, when, you, when you're looking to, A, get into business, and if you haven't done it, looking to grow to make sure that you're actually reaching the right people with the right mm-hmm. message and in the right place. And mm-hmm. if you don't have it, you're actually going to find things very, very difficult to, to do stuff, aren't you, Sam? Yeah, totally. So this could maybe um, you're feeling at the moment that 
you're you're doing okay, but you you feel like that maybe there's a little bit more hustle involved than you'd like or a little bit more effort involved than you would like to be able to get to the next level. So mm -hmm. today we're going to talk about why that might be and how to simply, you know, look at things in a different way and change some things up so that you can you take your business to the next level, get more yeah. leads um, and the right kind of leads. Yeah, years not ago. Just, not just any leads. Years ago, my wife was, you know, the marketing assistant for a real estate agency and um, mm -hmm. one of the agents came up to her and we're talking, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, one, one of the agents came up to her and said, oh, Penny, can you help me get onto LinkedIn? And Penn's like, no problems at all. What do you, you know, what do you want to what do you want to do on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. And uh, the reply came back, I don't know. I, I was just told I should be there. <laughs> and, and I think this kind of typifies the conversation that might be going on in your head right now. If you don't know why you're on a particular channel, pay attention to the next 10 minutes because <laughs> we're going to reveal the secret for you. Absolutely. So essentially the question that I've been or I did ask this person that I was having the conversation with is who are you selling to and what do you want them to buy? And that's what we're going to unpack because essentially if you don't know what you're selling or you're not super clear on what you're selling, then how do others know what you're selling? How do you, how do you think this manifests? Um, you know, what could, what could someone be looking for to go, this is actually my problem? Yeah. And I, I well, I think, um, what I mentioned before that you could feel like you're doing okay, but you're working really hard to get new leads, like really hustling. It could be that you're attracting the wrong kind of clients or the not even the wrong kind of clients, but the clients that you don't necessarily want to work with. They're not your ideal client. Yeah. It just feels a bit difficult, doesn't it? You're not quite getting the results that you think someone should be getting, or, you know, you have this sort of animosity, um, between you and your client is tension, this un, you know, mm -hmm, un, mm -hmm. unsaid or unwritten tension between you and your client. Mm. Um, you might be having to it's, give lots of refunds to people yeah. because they're not getting yeah. the results that you know, you're sort of promising. These, these yeah. are good indications, I think, that you're probably not necessarily bringing the right clients in. Yeah. So if any of those are feeling like, mm-hmm, that, that's resonating, then let's dive in, Tim. Yeah. So the first question that you absolutely should be asking yourself. And I think that you should be asking yourself this multiple times a year to make sure that you're on track is who are you selling to? I don't think this is a one time when you're a startup, we do this once and we walk away from it. I think that you need to be reviewing this multiple times a year with yourself and your team, because it's very easy to get 1% or 2% off track and you know, over time, end up goodness knows where. Yeah, look, I'm completely agree. I think this is a good rule generally uh, to do. Right? Um, I did suggest to my son the other day that, you know, he should every six months look at his group of friends and go, who is the one that's dragging us down to get rid of them and replace them with someone better? Oh, and my goodness, that's horrible. <laughs> it's a little bit harsh. Right? <laughs> but you know, as a sixteen-year-old, we want to make sure that he's surrounding himself with the right, you know, with the right positive influences. And and certainly, a lot of people at that age group, as we know, can um, you know surround themselves with potentially the wrong influences because we just mm -hmm. don't know, right? 
my, I caught my mm. wife saying, oh, don't be silly tonight when you go out. Don't do anything stupid. And, of course, as a 16, you probably don't know what stupid is yet because you haven't done it. <laughs> you haven't done it, but you know right. afterwards. <laughs> you know afterwards. And, um, look, in, and in some cases, our customers are the same. And we should be doing this exercise on a regular basis to go, who is, you know, who is the client that I'm getting a really good result for that I really enjoy working with all right, and it seems quite effortless. And who is the client that I'm finding it more difficult with? And you don't necessarily you don't necessarily put names on them, but mm-hmm. you know, try and look at what are the commonalities between those clients. Mm-hmm. What is it about the clients that we're not getting great results for? And that I think that happens in every single business. Mm-hmm. And who are the clients we're getting really really good results for? And mm. what unifies those clients? And then constantly kind of come back to who are the good clients? Who are the good clients? Mm. Who are the good clients? And that will change. You're absolutely right, Sam. That will change over time. It's been a conversation that we've had in the evolution of this podcast over now 400 episodes, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty amazing. Um, that we, you know, we've evolved our businesses to serve different people than certainly where we were when we started as well. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that evolution evolutionary process. Who am I selling to, and and how can I get them better results? I just want to tap into one thing that you said before in who's that uh, that good client. And by that, we mean who is that good client for you. We're not talking about there's good clients and bad clients because that's not the case. We're talking about who is good for you, you know, tapping into what you just said, Tim, you know, who is it that it feels easy? Who is it that you enjoy to work with? Who do you get great results for? Because when you're able to really articulate that well, it means that you're able to set up boundaries or or rules, I guess, that if someone comes in and they don't quite fit that, you're able to refer them on and that keeps the feeling in your business really nice. Yeah, and, and it actually makes it a far more enjoyable place to work for your staff as well, doesn't it? Right? Absolutely. More, generally speaking, more harmonious. But definitely yes. definitely do that, right? Who are they? Who are they? What are the what are those unifying characteristics? I think that's a really mm-hmm. key one. What are the unifying characteristics of the people we really love working with? If you start to go through this process and you get a bit stuck, ask yourself what what are the characteristics that you don't like? Because sometimes you need to go through, you know, what it is that you don't want or what it is that you don't like to be able to get even more clarity on on who it is that you you do want to be working with. So so that's the first one. Who who are you selling to? Yep. Okay. Let's look at number two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a fun one. Uh, what do you want them to buy? Now, I want to tell you this a story is... here. Yes, right. I, can, I can't wait for this one. Right? Well, you know, we, we, you know we, we, we have this sort of idea of this elevator pitch, right? Everyone's heard of the elevator pitch. It's It's the kind of thing that you would say to someone when they say, what do you do? And you've got the you know the 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 period of an elevator ride to explain it in a way that they understand it, right? Um, it's a concept that's often used in networking as well, where you really want to use one or two sentences to really say this is the thing we do, and this is who we do it for, and this is the outcome we create. Mm-hmm. I do recall <laughs> at least one occasion. Let's say it probably is more like you know four or five hundred occasions where someone gets up at a networking event to do their 40 seconds, their 45 seconds, their 60-second pitch or whatever, and at the end of it, you are left scratching your head going, I am no Mm. wiser about what it is you do and what you actually want people to buy from you. Mm -hmm. And if you ever find yourself in a position of giving a very long-winded explanation 
about what you want someone to buy and then you get into the your history and how it serves people and stuff, you're not answering this question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, this is a question that I've been asking in this way a little bit more recently. You know, I think that we can get caught up saying, you know, what is the journey you want your ideal avatar to go on? Or, you know, we, we talk about things like that. And just a few weeks ago, I was like, no, let's just pair that back because I was in, there were people that were sort of going off all over the shop and I went, stop, what do you want them to buy? Oh, yeah, well, I want them to buy this thing. Okay, let's reverse engineer that. Yep. So let's pair back all the journey and let's, you know, at this point, it's just straight out, what do you want them to buy? And it it shouldn't really be a one sentence or one or two word thing. I want them to buy my course on this. Great. Yes. I want them to buy consulting time. Got it. Yes. I want them to buy this program. I want them to buy this course because until you know what you want this person to buy, it is very difficult to come up with a strategy um, and to get more leads easily and effortlessly. Do you need to have a strategy? Yeah. Okay. Number three uh, is one's possibly most important. Um, exactly. When you know uh, who you're selling to and you know what you want them to buy, now the only thing you need to know is where are they? Yeah. And where do <laughs> they hang do out, need, right? <laughs> you need to have a conversation with them, right? They're not just going to magically know. <laughs> Look, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be good. I, uh, I use a fishing I, I metaphor for, for all the uh, people who enjoy fishing. Right? You can go to a local river, lake, oceanside, beach, whatever, and you can know that you want to catch tuna, right? And you've got the right bait. But if you're fishing in an area that has no tuna, you're in real trouble. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, tuna being a saltwater fish, you're not going to catch tuna in a lake. In a lake. <laughs> um, can I just say, you said for the people that enjoy fishing, I enjoyed your metaphor, I hate fishing. So I just really? wanted to say that. Well, <laughs> you know, you have to understand fishing a little but bit. I, I, enjoyed your, I enjoyed your metaphor. <laughs> Right. We need those things. You know, what fish, what bait, and what pond to put your bait into in order to to catch the right fish. And I think mm. it's the same with clients as well. Um, I uh, I did have uh, a client I consulted to who was a a, a wedding celebrant um, many mm-hmm. many years ago, and we just did a I think a four hour session together. And he had spent uh, his his area of specialization as a celebrant was in alternative weddings for people who uh, were typically on their second marriage with mm-hmm. um, mature children. Mm-hmm. Okay. So quite a, you know, a, quite an articulated niche. He was selling wedding services for them, right? Um, he was a really interesting cat, you know, which is probably why I was into sort of the, the alternative wedding space. Um, mm-hmm. But he had spent three years trying to connect with his ideal audience on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, are there people in their 40s and 50s and 60s who are on their second marriage? On Absolutely. LinkedIn? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are. Okay. Are there people on LinkedIn who have mature children, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely they are. Are there people who live alternative lifestyles on LinkedIn? Absolutely there are, right? Is that the space that they're learning about, you know, celebrants? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Not so much. Not so much. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, say, Facebook, you know, Facebook has an algorithm that, you know, 
specifically allows to be advertised to people who change their relationship status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, who put up photos of their wedding, right, and talk about their relationships on yeah. Facebook. Whereas you don't yep. do on LinkedIn. And so this is a really good example. And I know we're using sort of, um, in this case, social media as a microcosm of where people, you know, where are they? But I think that applies to just about anything, right? If you want to reach school mums, where do you go? You might go to the PNC. You might go and hang mm-hmm. out at the school after, you know, after school hours. Um, if you wanted to reach, uh, you know, people who own homes, you might um, – get on radio or you might put a billboard on the busiest street, you know, in your particular area that mm-hmm. people drive past every single day. You know, that might be something that you, you know, that you do. Right? So I think what we're going to look at is not when when we go, where are they? And, and obviously what they went and buy, it allows us to really craft a marketing message that specifically resonates to people and is in a location where they're receptive to that message. Yes. And I want to repeat that piece right there. It's not just where are they, but where are they most receptive to some sort of message that would encourage them to take the next step in buying your product? Because yeah. sometimes, exactly as you just explained, that uh, may be different and oftentimes is. And I know this is something that Adrian Richardson and I talked about in episode 404, which was uh, just last week's episode um, and she dived into this further so if you want to sort of hear more about this head over to uh, episode 404 we'll pop that link in the show notes um you know it's important to know where they are but also what the most receptive time for them to reach it reach that person is right if you mm. are doing let's pick one door-to-door vacuum sales mm-hmm. um and you want to sell new vacuum cleaners i particularly remember my parents buy from a door-to-door salesperson. I think my parents did too. I remember an Electrolux guy coming to our door one day. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Electrolux. I can't remember what it was, a, a Kirby vacuum cleaner, I think uh-huh. it was. Yeah. They still have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you know, incredible vacuum cleaner. Um, but it wasn't It wasn't six o'clock at night when that, when that salesperson was knocking on the door, even though my parents were home at six o'clock at night, mm-hmm. right? What they were doing was trying to prepare, you know, dinner for dinner. the whole family. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've got to reach people not just where they are, but also at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important sort of uh, thing to really consider. One one of my pet hates, and I don't understand why anyone does it, is is cinema advertising, um, where they put all of the ads for the uh, you know the restaurants on at the beginning of the movie. You know, so? you go, you I've never even cin- thought of that when you're about to go to dinner after right. the movie. <laughs> so, it's fine. Okay, I've already made yeah. a booking at that stage where I'm going to yeah. dinner. and it's, just called, it's not called movie and dinner. It's called dinner and a movie, right, because dinner comes first. <laughs> um, you know, so we, get, we see all the ads for the, you know, we see all the ads there for, uh, you know, restaurants in the local area at your, at your cinema when you go and watch it. And, you sit, and then you're sitting down with your sort of bag of popcorn and your your ice cream cone and you're stuffing your face as you watch the movie. And by the end of the movie, A, you've forgotten what the ads were, mm-hmm. but B, you're now full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, you know, whilst you might be trying to reach people in your area, which is great, Right, we've also got to find the the right timing for that message as well. Absolutely. So let's just recap. 
If you want more leads, if you want them to be more effortless, to feel more fun, you do need to have a strategy. You need to know who you are selling to. You need to know what you want them to buy and you need to know where they are. And I'll just reiterate, if you don't know what you're selling, then others are not going to know what they can buy from you. Absolutely. Sam, awesome episode. I enjoyed this one. I've enjoyed this episode too. And if you have, please share this episode with someone else in your world that you know would get some value from hearing this or share it on your social media. If, sh- if share it in your stories, please tag myself at the Sam Riley and Tim at Win More Clients. And be sure to follow or subscribe on the app that you're listening to to be notified as each episode drops each Tuesday and Thursday. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. Ciao. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. Thank you.